Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well met, fellow adventurers. We are back with Sir Crokington and, and Thane Poland as a things for us to deal with. It's called a matter of sequency. Thane Poland asks for your help in Events now unfolding on Sarnguard Island. Start the adventure. And so begins a matter of secrecy. Thane Poland, pacing before the wild blaze that nearly licks the top of the fireplace, stops, sighs and turns to face you. He tells you he summoned you here even sooner than he might, than he had imagined he might. He is once again as a favour to ask of you. Before you can respond, he strides purposely across the chamber and opens the door. He peers into the corridor, staring for several moments in both directions, before closing and locking the wooden slab that guards his private quarters. To add even a bit more grimness to it all, I suppose, he says. An empty passage is essential for secrecy concerned. And the matter I am about to present you with, which I only hinted at last time we met, is rooted in it. Thane takes seat before the fire and offers you the chair opposite, which you accept. And he again sighs and places both his hands on his knees, leaning slightly forward as he peers into your eyes. So, Crokiton, my friend, I need you to travel to Sarnguard Island. Okay. There's a link here. Let's read it this time. Sarnguard Isle. Rising out of the mist of the turbulent, perilous waters of the Sarn Split is the island known as Sarnguard. The large isle saw it past, its uncertain future, make it a haven for danger, for adventure, and danger. After discovering the island, after abandoning the island two centuries ago, recent discoveries have once again attracted the eye of the crown an attempt to establish Tyson control of Sarnguard is presently underway. However, the effort has proven to be no small task. For numerous and savage are the foes of humanity that stalk the hills and forests of the legendary isle. For nearly 300 years, following the discovery of gold, silver, gems and rich sources of stone on the island, Sarnguard became the kingdom's chief source of such valuable commodities. The island was mined and quarried extensively before any such activity could be before any such activity could begin, a bloody war was waged on its shores. For a time uncounted, the island has been home to two large and savage tribes savage tribes of trolls and goblins, the Kutarag and the Nanok, respectively. The names of these fearsome clans, both of ancient Jardavari origin, were given to them by Tyson soldiers who engaged them when Sarnguard was first conquered 500 years ago. Kutalag translates to Heart of Age, while Nanoak most readily translates to Bloodseer. The Kutalag trolls and 
and our goblins have inhabited the island and have been at war with one another since before the city, mighty cities of Tosa were even standing. The arrival of human invaders, however, brought the two tribes into an uneasy but necessary alliance, as they chose to push back the tide of humanity that threatened to overrun and forever change the savage shores of Sarangard, whom we hope they have ever known. The full might of the Tosin army eventually prevailed in a bloody and bleak war that lasted nearly a decade. The alliance of Kudog and Namrok was shattered, both tribes, their populations decimated by long and brutal struggle, edged closer to extinction. A few remaining trolls and goblins fled to the rugged northern half of the island, leaving the conquest three to enjoy the many, though costly spoils of war. For three hundred years following the war, Sangard Island became the kingdom's largest source of gold, silver, gems and stone within the system. All within Tyso enjoyed the prosperity that the conquest of Sangard had provided. When the mines ran dry and the quarries no longer yielded the stone the growing kingdom required, Sangard was abandoned. With only a few short years, the towns and settlements that had sprung up in the human-controlled southern region were deserted, and the great keep that rose out of the Isle's southern hills Stood for so, which for so long protected the settlers of Sarngard, stood empty. With the collapse of the human settlement on the islands, the remains of the Kudlag and Nanorok tribes quickly spread out across the lands they formerly controlled. Sarngard once again became a savage battleground as the ancient war between trolls and goblins promptly resumed. When the last ship set sail for Sarngard, it was decreed by the king that it was forbidden for anyone to ever again set foot on the island for 200 years, the island, and the centuries of prosperity it gave birth to, faded into shadows of history. The discovery of a leather-bound journal, like the one we found in the last, in the last episode, little more than a year ago, however, changed everything. Because of a solitary passage in the otherwise insignificant book, the decree was lifted. An effort to retake the island was immediately set into motion. Okay, and the other one is the Sand Split. The treacherous, raging waters of the Sand Split have claimed countless vessels throughout the ages. Although the waters of the Split are the deadliest during the winters, Navigating the split can be a dangerous proposition, regardless of the season. The sand split is just a wedge of water that just goes down to Talonus. If you look on the map, that's what it looks like. It's very wide, it just goes, oh, splits the coast of the kingdom in two. Alright, go back. Close. Ah, uh, here we go. The announcement does not come as a surprise to you, as you have anticipated the Thane's request ever since your last party company with him. However, calling the sense of uneasiness that you had that you had as you departed from Twin Keep at the conclusion of your mission to Migsville, you silently vowed to remain on your guard. In the presence of a man you'd long considered a friend and ally. Events are in motion on that cursed shore, says the Thane springing from his chair and 
resuming his pacing before the fire. And I add, and they had proceeded faster than expected, and might have otherwise hoped. This much be done, both here and on Sangard. Though it is the latter place that concerns me most. And that, and that requires me to call upon your services yet again. You ask the Thane, what is it is that he needs you to do? He pauses, his, pace, his pacing, and places both hands on his hips. I need eyes and ears on the island, he says. I need, I need someone capable of infiltrating a place that's not only the product of treachery, but a breeding ground for it. You are the only one I can hope to trust, Sir Crokington. For a moment, the thing falls silent. He strides over to the door and listens to it for several seconds before turning back towards it, smiling. It may all seem a bit overdone, he says, but I can assure you since the setting of the sun two days ago, I've had reason for alarm. For the first time since I've taken up residence here, the halls of this mighty keep have taken to locking the door before I submit to slumber. I doubt I, doubt I shall ne again know a pleasant night's sleep until some headway has been made in this matter. Now, let me tell you about the book. St. Ferngard Fane Poland tells you that is, seat by, takes a seat by the fire, in a lowered voice, tells you, is convinced that the urgent effort to retake Kongard Island is presently underway is rooted in far more sinister purpose than any might know, including, of course, the king. Only one known man knows the true reason for this feverish desire to reclaim Sargard, he says. And he is none other than Thane Masbach, a man dangerously close to the ear of our good king, a man whose pride and ambition has grown with every passing season. Now we heard about Thane Masbach a long time ago, but let's hear about him again. Thane Masbach, the mysterious but extremely influential Thane Masbach, is arguably second only to the king with regard to the power he wields in the kingdom. Just below his eyes, to the bottom of his chin, his face is concealed behind a black wooden mask. Most believe that this odd facial accoutrement hides a disfigurement obtained early in life, though there are many who think it decides something more sinister. There are many who have long suspected that middle aged Thane possesses potent magical ability, although such suspicions have never been proven. But no official doubt has been levied upon, upon Mazabak. It is forbidden by law for Titian Thanes and Titian monarchs to possess magical abilities. By all accounts, Thane Mazapak is an exceptional warrior, who first came to prominence as the man who united many of Titian's northern militias to defeat the mountain goblin tribes that long, that long ravaged the kingdom's rugged frontier. His leadership and valour earned him five praise and won him the admiration of King Ringwald, who, upon the death of Thane Yudith, made Masbach heir to the lofty title. Upon becoming Thane, Masbach took up residence in the ancient and grim fortress of Stonemark, in the northeastern corner of the kingdom. Masbach's mount maintains the largest standing for fighting force of all of Tysus Thane's, as he oversees 
with the defence of the kings of northeast and eastern frontiers. Many have criticised Dane Mazak for what they perceive as his unbridled condition, and there has been more, more than one prince, some even within the king's court, with raised concern over the size of the army he commands. Despite such rumblings, Mazarak seems to have retained the favour of King Renwald, who considers him a staunch defender of the kingdom and a trusted and honourable ally. Thane Mazarak's most recent endeavours have taken him to Sangard Island, where he has resumed the daunting task of overseeing and rebuilding Sangard Keep and commanding the soldiers who wage a brutal battle against the savage troll and goblin tribe that dominate much much of the island. His critics have been quick to denounce his latest move as another of the famous supposed gasp of power. Though many will conclude that his experience in such matters and his proven success is the reason he has replaced the man who for nearly a year led the effort to retake the island. The lauded Tyson Army Commander General Tarakun. You ask Thane about the book he mentioned, and he nods. I believe the book is the key to the whole affair, he says. An agent I had placed in, Th- in Mazabak's sort stronghold of Stone Marsh said word to me slightly more than a year and a half ago that strange visitors began appearing in the ancient fortress, seeking audience with the Thane. They were mages, by his account, though that cannot be confirmed. Donovan is said to have bought the Thane a book. Small level journal, as my agent tells it. Only a couple of months later, events were set into motion that culminated in with taking of Sangard Island for the crown. Under the, auspice, under the auspices of claiming the vast wealth, still believed to be buried in the belly of the island. Hmm, vast wealth, but wasn't it all exhausted? Hmm. Yeah, maybe they found a new vein. Or maybe, or maybe in 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 the land of Swift, mines regenerate. I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't know how 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 geology works here. Could be different. Could be different. You ask Thane Poland who he believe, what he believed was in the book, and who the strange visitors were. I'm afraid I have no answers for you. He says, shaking his head. I can only surmise that something in that book stirred him to action. Either on his own, or about half of those who brought it to him. Had we that book, I'm certain a great many questions would be answers. Alas, however, for, for it likely no longer exists at all, or at the very least, remains quite safely beyond our reach. Oh, you mean this book? Oh, no, I can't show it to him because of some reasons. You learn that the Thane's agent in Mazabark's fortress of Stonemarsh made an attempt to recover the book, but failed and was almost discovered in the process. Thane also tells you that within days of retrieving the book, his agent reported that Mazabark sent several of his own agents to Sarnguard, disregarding the royal decree that put it off limits to all. It was turned within a month. It was then that the ambitious Thane took the matter to the king. The return of his agents from the isle ignited a fire within him, by the account of my agents, sustained Pond. Now, he's many months later, 
battle wages and I was to make it remain forsaken land for all time. Are there witches there buried there, unclaimed? Is that what the journal revealed to Mazenbach? I can only tell you what I feel, based on what I've learned and what I perceive as a Grogeson. I will go to my grave bearing the conviction it's not gold and gems and the promise of witches for the kingdom that has sent the Thane who hails from Stonemarsh to stores shores of Sarngard. The Thane's face seems to darken as he tells you that his agent in Stonemarsh went to the Arlard as part of Mazenbach's initial company and was not heard, been heard from in more than three months. You already know of Lawi, he says. Now I fear that yet another of my trusted allies may have met may have met with peril. May have pressed him to move too swiftly or to delve too deep. He may well have stepped too close to something. Dane Poland leans forward and places his broad hand on your shoulder. I ask you a favour I would ask of no one else, he says, staring and blinking into your eyes. I need you to go to Sarngard and serve as my eyes and ears on that forsaken island. I trust only you to succeed where others have failed me. But you must know that you do not do it only for me. There is much on stake. Here. Must be uncovered. Thane Muspak must not be allowed to operate in the shadows, even under the authority of the crown. There is more to all this than we may ever know. But I'm determined that we shall not let that sinister design's progress unchecked. The Thane leans back and suddenly smiles. And besides, Sir Croketon, he says, his move suddenly lightening, if it's adventure that you're seeking, you would hardly ask for better prospects than this endeavour is likely to provide. So if we could decline the mission for now, or undertake it. If I decline it for now, it just pops up again. So agree to undertake the mission. Just just cut out the cut out any time wasting. Dane Poland smiles and meets you on a shoulder cross upon your acceptance of the mission. It brings me no end of relief to know that I can rely on you for this task. Indeed, there was no one else I could hope to trust with such a delicate and dangerous matter. No I could count on you, friend. Thane Poland sighs and suddenly produces a clown brown cloth bag and hands it to you. The bag seems to be empty, but the overlord's next few words lead you to believe otherwise. You cannot go to Sangard Arnold's, the famed adventurer of, of great renown, that I and many others have come to know, he says. Were your true identity known, would spell doom for the mission and place you in far greater danger than you would likely find yourself in as it stands. Open the bag, if you would. You open the bag and discover that it holds a wooden wing. A thin band of sapphire runs through the middle of the wing. You reach down and take possession of the curious object. This is a wing of disguise. It provides four melee waiting. But that's not the real magic. A thin sapphire band runs through the centre of this wooden wing. This wing was given to you by Thane Poland at the outskirt of, outset of your mission to Sarngard Island. The wing contains a powerful magic that will alter your appearance only when you are on Sarngard Island. A wing of disguise, says Thane Poland, grinning. 
cleverly crafted by a powerful maid, very much tied to this affair, and thankfully on our side. He has the magic to alter this affair where alter the face of its wearer, just enough to make them unrecognisable. Admittedly, in your case, that's a lot. Of course, you'll need to come up with a name suitable for your altered appearance, but that can wait for now. You boldly ask the Thane who it was that created the ring, and he tells you that he was sworn to secrecy on the matter. There are many in this fight who do not wish their names or faces to leave the shadows, he says. Your involvement... So Crokeyton is known only to me, and one other, whom I will mention to you in a moment. Thane tells you that the magic of illusion imbued upon, imbued upon the wing, which allows you to disguise your face, will only function when you're on Sangar Island. It was a stipulation that his creator insisted upon, he says, who quite, quite well see his reasoning for it. A dangerous instrument of such unfettered power fell into fell into, into unscrupulous hands. You learn the wing has also been imbued with magic that will help increase your combat powers. You must always wear the wing when you're on the island. You must not chance otherwise. There are those on the island who would recognise you in a moment. And in that moment, you would find yourself in peril more immediate and more dire than you may likely have ever known. You thank the Thane for the wing, but he's quick to dismiss your, to, to dismiss your gesture. It's I who are sending you into what is likely grave peril, he says. You may not be so wish to quick, quick to thank me for that. Thane Pollen tells you the important mission you're about to undertake in the coming days. It's one of great importance for the kingdom, and will place you in no small amount of danger. It's of the greatest importance that you let me know all that transpires on the island, no matter how trivial it may seem. I know I can trust you, Sir Crogerson, and I would willingly do so with my life. Thane Pollen tells you that upon your arrival on the island, you should seek out two men who are likely to be found in Sangard Keep. Thakir is the commander who serves Thane Mazabak, he says. You shall report to him and attempt to place yourself in his service, though try to do so without rousing suspicion. It's likely that, although such, through such service, you can learn much what would otherwise remain hidden to you. Thane Pollard also tells you to seek out a man by the name of Lulor, who is, apart from you, perhaps his last remaining agent of the island. Lulor can't can be trusted without question, he said. Without question, he says. He's the only living pole, so apart from myself, who knows of my intention to send you to the Isle. He will undoubtedly be awaiting your arrival when the time comes. You ask the pain part how it is you are you are to get to Stargard Island and back again. Assuming you will need to make the trek more than a few times be able to report to him as the situation changes and events unfold. Follow me, he says in response, turning and striding out of his chamber. The Thane leads you from his private quarters down into the depths of the tower, through several long passages, and ultimately to the end of a narrow corridor where you find yourself standing before a heavy wooden door. It produces a key, locks the door, 
and ushers you into a long, dark chamber beyond. Thane Poland closes the door behind him and ignites a lamp resting on the table just inside the womb. In the yellow glow of the lamp, you are surprised to see that the womb is empty, almost. Your eyes are drawn to an all-too-familiar sight against the far wall. It's the ominous shape of a swirling black portal. You see one or two of these, perhaps, as the Thane smirking. The same mage who so kindly crafted that wing has seen fit to provide us with this more swift and secretive mode of travel to and from the isle. A sister of this portal is hidden in the forest south of the keep. A mage friend has taken every precaution, as the portals may, o- portals may only be entered by someone wearing one of his wooden wings. For several moments you stand staring at the portal, again wondering who the mage might be that the Thane continues to refer to at length. Thane Pond tells you it is time to return to his, to his chambers. Let our, lest our light bring any unwanted attention, he says, dousing the lamp and opening the door. Let us return and speak where it is safer to do so. You return to the Thane his chamber high within the tower and after closing the door the golden bearded overlord tells you he is currently awaiting word from Ilor regarding a matter that may have temporarily compromised efforts on the island. I should hope that in a day or two I will receive word from him, he says, though until I do it's not safe for me to send you to the isle. I trust that the matter for which I, I await word will pass quickly enough and our efforts can begin again. Thane Porn steps forward and meets you in a shoulder cross. He thanks you for accepting the task and tells you he will summon you, which is again safe to embark on the mission. You tell the Thane that you will eagerly await his summons and cautiously bow, bow before the Overlord. You need not bow before me, Sir Cognizant, though your sentiment is appreciated, he says. I have asked a great deal of you already, though I am afraid there is much more to be done. Much more than I shall yet have to ask of you. Thank you again, friend. You bid the Thane farewell and leave Twinned Keep, uncertain about just what the mission will entail, but tingling with the promise of the, promise of the great adventure that undoubtedly lies in store for you on the stores of Sarngard. Still plagued by the nagging misgivings you have regarding a comfortable meeting with the Thane following your mission to Mixable. You find yourself struggling to determine what, what the cause of his previously suspicious demeanour might have been. Resolve, however, to push such thoughts out of your mind for now. Prepare yourself for the perilous endeavour now looming on the horizon. And that is the end of this adventure, a matter of secrecy, for 128 experience to general. Because it was just talking. Okay, adventure. Let's go back to his back back to his back to his keep. Back to the Thane. Adventures of his location. To Sarngard. Magically disguised and under assumed name, you step into the swirling black vortex that will transport you to the island. Start the adventure. A miserable, frigid rain splashes down on the streets of Twithick as you make your way under the bleak, 
early morning skies to Twin Keep, where a meeting with Thane Poland awaits you. You arrive at the gates of the mighty fortress, and are immediately shown up, shown to the Thane's private quarters, where the overlord himself is waiting to usher you inside. As you dry yourself and chase down the lingering chill in front of the crackling fire, the Thane tells you the time has come for you to venture into Sangard. I have yet to receive word from Ilor, my agent on the island, he says, staring out of the window of the grey sky. I can no longer wait for him. I wish to dispatch you to the island at once. And should you meet Ilor, send it back. You are to be my eyes and my ears, and perhaps even my blade, on this island from this point forward. The terseness of the Fane's manner seems to underscore the urgency he attaches to the matter. Turns away from the window and smiles. I've never known you to shy away from the chance of an adventure, Sir Crocian, he says, smirking. And this could well be the greatest yet, for me as well. Are you ready to part? Of course I am. Of course I am. Thane Poe nods at once, and the two of you leave this chamber and descend into the depths of the keep. In the locked room at the end of a long corridor, wherein lies the portal will permit you to travel to Sangard in secrecy. As you step into the room behind Thane Poland, the low, pulsing hum of the portal reaches your ears, and your eyes are drawn to the vortex hovering against the far wall. The overlord suddenly stares and stares at you through the gloom. If you put off your wing, you take off your something, or place it with a wing of disguise. Uh, what have I took off? It's a Kiara serpent wing. I, can't, I don't. I won't be having that. No, no, no. Wing of, wing of gore instead. Right, I'm going to replace the wing of gore, Kiara serpent wing. Or maybe oh, I'll just yeah. That's close enough, close enough. Why, there, says the Thane. The Thane smiles, putting across his face. I don't recognise you at all. In fact, it's quite an improvement. Sorry, I could hardly resist. The Thane Poland nods approvingly, apparently having taken quite... quite the convincing transformations come over your face and my entire body. Because the Crokington now looks like a regular human. Because, admittedly, uh, any Toad Adventurer, because there's only one of them, so it'd be obvious it's me. Now, all you need to do is come up with a name that suits your new identity. The time has come for you to choose a name by which you'll be known on Sangard and in all related matter matters. You must now choose the assumed name under which you operate. Please note, the name must be between... Three and twelve characters in letters only, no numbers. The name cannot contain any special characters except for a dash or a space. Enter the assumed name. Regular dude. <laughs> 
Just regular dude. <laughs> you know, from there. Continue. You announce that regular dude will be your assumed name on all matters dealing with Sangard Island. And the thing rolls his eyes in response. Regular dude, he says, repeating the name in an incredulous tone. I should have thought you'd come up with something a bit more clever than that. Another jest, I'm afraid, Sir Crocketon, or should I say, regular dude. With your assumed name chosen, you know, you're now ready to make your first journey to Sangard Isle on, on behalf of Thane Pond. The golden-bearded overlord places his hand on your shoulder and wishes you luck on the endeavour that may likely prove perilous. Keep your wits about you. Trust no one you meet, he says, his tone grave, bordering on unpleasant. If Ilo's cover has been compromised, you could find yourself in more danger than either of expect. And you should return here in haste, so we may hatch our plot anew. Do not pretend to attempt. Do not attempt to pretend you are not walking into peril, Sir Pokerton, no regular dude. But you're surely into a nest of snakes you step, yet... To hope to match and outmove him, his foe, I must send only the very best into their midst. And there are none more suitable for this task than you, my friend. They meet the Thane in shoulder cross and promise to report back to him at the first opportunity. He wishes you luck and tells you that he will pray for your swift and safe return. As you seek, turn to step into the portal, the Thane reminds you to seek out Thakor. A commander that directly answers to Thane Mazabak. Allying with him will be a move towards bringing yourself above suspicion, he says. One last thing, perhaps. If you find out anything about Lori, I'll be certain to let them. Certain to take care to let me know right away. Alright then, that's all. Good luck, regular dude. Without another word, step forward and enter the portal. Everything goes black. You stumble headlong through the void, while all the while, a voice that sounds like that of Thane Pond, through drawn, deep and dreamlike, echoes all around you. You suddenly find yourself sitting upright, a cold, damp floor in a dark room. Your eyes adjust, and your head starts swimming. You immediately realise you're in a cave, undoubtedly the very cave that Thane Pond mentioned, the forest south of the keep perilous scrolls of Sangard. And also I have arms and things now. Because I look like a regular human, eh? Maybe I am a regular human. Kinda hard to tell. Not sure how powerful this wing is. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, uh, anyhow. It's a very special wing for Sir Crokington. Yes, Sir Crokington is a looks and possibly is a regular human on this island. And anyway, and um, for the next few minutes, she is repeatedly falling over and bumping into the walls because she's not used to moving as a regular human, or at least having it look like she's moving as a regular human while actually moving like like a toad. But, after a few minutes, she gets used to it. 
A low pulsing sound reaches your ears, and you are reminded of the portal. You turn to find the familiar and this time reassuring vortex, hovering against the back wall of the jagged stone chamber, ahead of you in a, in a dim strands of dim light streak around a corner in your uneven passage, and you quickly rise to your feet and head in that direction, eager to be out of the shadowy confines of the small cave. A sense of relief washes over you as you round a corner of the cave passage and step out into the dim but welcoming light of early morning that reveals the dense forest surrounding the well-hidden lair of the portal. The sense of relief is short-lived. You've taken less than three steps from the mouth of the cave. With a sudden, unnerving feeling of a braised prince pressed against the back of your neck freezes you in mid-step. So quickly, friend, issues a thin, wavering voice in your left ear. As a putrid sense of your unknown assailant's fetid breath wafts across your face. Comply with the warning you've been issued or attempt to slip away from your unknown assailant. Uh, slip away, slip away. Make an attempt to slip away from your unknown assailant, picking a number. Bonus of 86. 20 from Might, 20 from Agility, and 10 from Body, and 18 from Unarmed Combat and Feathery, pick now, 122, no, 112. With relative ease, you drop down and roll forward, nimbly springing to your feet and turning to face the bold soul, whose blade was pressed menacingly against the back of your neck. Standing at the mouth of the cave as a short, unshaven, balding, shifty-looking man, garbed in cloth breeches and a padded tunic. He quickly tucks his knife into your belt and begs your forgiveness. I've got one of those too, he says, pointing to the ring of disguise on your finger. Pardon the intrusion, but I thought I was followed here. You can't be allowing that to happen, as you must know. Oh well. So soon, good thing, so soon? You're asking me what he means, the last of his compliment, he shrugs. I suppose it means you've come to replace me, he says, apparently feigning a look of indifference. Adelaw the perturbed it is today. I'm at your service, good sir. But they also look like a, look, look like a dude. You didn't tell me tell your name. I could hardly be brought to care about it. It's probably always better that I never hear it. Adelaw again apologises for the unpleasant introduction he made says that he has begun to fear that the cave has been discovered and he believes he has recently been followed as he traps us around the island. Haven't heard a word of our good thing these last many weeks, he says somewhat contemptuously. Begun to think the old yellow beard has lost interest in his stare. I can see. See now, it's quite mistaken. It's only me he's apparently lost interest in. Figuring that it's as good a time as any to breach the subject, you told Adelaw that Thane Poen has requested he return from the island. And I was right, wasn't I? He says, smirking. At least the dear old lad is still thinking of me, high up in that tower of his. I half expected him to reveal me himself and thus be rid of me. For believe me when I say I would likely be glad for it. He still owes me more favours than he can hope to repay, you know, favours. 
Ivor pats the hilt of his dagger protruding from his belt as if as if to add emphasis to his words. Well, for a sound of lips, it's bitter. It's nothing to do with you, friend, he said, sighing. Goldenlock's well. I'll have a few words with him upon my return. But I'll gladly pass this charge on to you. I want nothing more to do with this forsaken place. Despite the abrupt, irrelevant manner, you sense that Idle Law is someone whose word you can trust, particularly when it comes to what he has so far learned about the happenings on Sargard. To that end, she pointedly asks you about what is, what is about the island that he finds so disagreeable. Oh, just a few things, really, says his tone, laced with sarcasm. Deceit, secrecy, murder behind every door, screams shut short in the night, people vanishing without a trace, goblin wades, treachery, calculated mishap, dogging you every step. Is that quite enough for you? Certainly I could go on. His rather comical delivery does little to lessen the sense of eeriness his words provoke. You begin to think there is much more to this entire business than anyone so far, including Thane Porrent, may have guessed. I'd feel safer scraggling through Gadwong's end in a pair of solid gold breeches, I would. I, sure, I truly would, he says, continuing his wax. And any of the Thane... And of the Thane that's supposedly running the Zizzle Well, I've only seen him once. Though he's supposedly shut up in his keep somewhere. I've, I've no doubt up to whatever his Thane Porin suspects him of. That's my way of looking at it. The law continues and tells you that Thane Massapak must have over half its full fighting force here in Ireland. As the size of the army gathered at Sangar Keep could easily rival that of a small kingdom. And the ships of the mercenaries are good Thane has been sending his way? I don't think any of them have found their way to his army. Doesn't doesn't need them, mind you. They've all been tasked with rebuilding the keep, which is in quite a sorry state. I must say though, that with all the craftsmen he's got working every day hour of daylight, Shouldn't be surprised to be it's bigger than the city citadel in Talmus before long. You asked Idolor about the trolls and goblins that were said to infest the island. The Kuglark trolls and Nanok goblins. Tells you their numbers are hard to gorge, but they certainly retain firm control of Sangar beyond the human controlled zone known as the Hold. There's been no real push into the untaken land, he says, referring to those lands that lie beyond the small corner of the island and exist where sits Sargard Keep. Everyone says that Mazabak is a man with a mind for military matters that knows more equal, but can tell you that little progress has been made. Hardly concerns me, though. I'm glad enough to be through with all this. You ask Idlaw about Thrakir, the commander that Thane Poland wishes you to seek out, and he nods knowingly. I know of him, but I haven't dealt with him directly, he says. Mind you, I spent my time here tending horses and working as a wheelwright. Which you, you'd be surprised at the number of wheels these roads tear up. It's my actual trade, you know. I'm among the best. If there's a measure of such things, but about Thakir? Seems a fair, judicious fellow. Quite sharp, in fact. He's got a little snake that's already decided, though. 
been your guard around that one. Luokhan is his name. He's a mage, no mistake. Though I doubt he'll ever admit to half of what he's capable of. All I warned you that Falakir is close Falkir is close to Thane Mazabak, and Lucorn is in turn close to the commander. Just stay for mindful in any dealings you have with them, he says. You find it strange that Ilo has not mentioned anything about Lulari, but then think that perhaps he knows nothing of her, so disprudently decide not to make any mention of her. Uh, oh, I almost forgot the last bit of news, he says. You probably want it here, and I'm sure Thane Pond will leap out of his seat to hear it. Arlor tells you the dungeons below Sargard Keep have recently seen some use. According to what you've seen and heard, it seems that a prisoner of no small importance is being kept there, for the matter is of note as a highly guarded secret that he stumbled upon by accident. You might find out more about it yourself, he says. I don't recommend asking around for it. You like as not find yourself hanging up, hanging up down there next to wherever it is. At length, Arlo tells you that he needs to make his way back to the mainland, and he wishes you luck on your endeavour on the island. Watch your back there, he says. As he checks over his meagre belongings. Sleep with one eye cooked open, and keep everyone at arm's length. Oh. Oh, and if you offered a womb at the keep, be sure to turn up your nose at the first of them, and take the second, or better yet, the third. I think you follow my meaning well enough. You ask Arlor how far the keep is from here, and he rolls his eyes to the top of his head for a moment. Maybe two miles or so, he says. If you come back to the cave, do it in the dark, and don't take the road. And take care that you aren't followed. All right, then. Time to get myself back to more civilised lands. Take care of yourself, friend. Fuck me with you. You bid Arlo farewell, as watch as he sets off on the falling forest heading south. He's only on a short, short wait when you suddenly realise that despite having a wing like yours, he's not going to make use of the portal. You call after him, and ask him a very question. He turns and shrugs. Well, would you be so quick to use it and return... To the locked womb to which only our good Thane has the key. Having already served my purpose on a mission that in all likelihood no one else knows about. I've no intention of stepping blindly into whatever may or may not await me in the bowel of the Twin Keep. And I've got my own way home. Take care, friend. You wish him luck and watch him to his outer sight then. After taking a last look around at Teep Breath, we set off through the woods to the north in search of Sangard Keep. Less than a quarter of a mile north of the cave, the forest thins out, and shortly thereafter you emerge from the trees and find yourself at the edge of a wide expanse of rolling hills. You come across a rugged road winding its way through the hills to the north and set, set out upon it, realising it will likely lead you to the very gates of the keep. You've gone less than 200 yards along the road, when what sounds like shouting echoes through the hills ahead. You move swiftly towards the desperate voices. As you come around a bend in the road, you happen upon a scene that halts you in your tracks. Ahead of you, in the middle of the road, a fierce battle wages. Four shoulders, soldiers, their blue tabards bearing the symbol of the king, stand with their backs pressed firmly together 
as they struggle to fend off a vicious assault by a large band of at least 18 goblin warriors. The goblins, clad in bone armour and wielding large animal skulls as helms, squeak wildly as they rush in at their human foes, stabbing and slashing at them in a rapid frenzy. Fearsome streaks of dark red adorn the faces of the cruel humanoids and realise at once you're looking you're getting your first glimpse of the Nanlock, the savage goblin tribe that has long ruled so much of Sargard Island. The soldiers are outnumbered and will not survive this attack for much longer unless you act quickly and decisively. So I've got a few options I can charge in. Use elementalism, illusion or archery. Mm-hmm. Archery. Succeeded. 8 XP to archery. Wasting no time. Notch and lose five arrows in rapid succession, cutting down four of the savage creatures where they stand. The goblins shriek in alarm at this tur- turn of events and momentarily fall back from the attack. You rush along the road towards the soldiers, hoping to arrive before the goblins have a chance to regroup. As you draw near to the battle, you suddenly find yourself confronted by a large and particularly brutal looking goblin that steps away from the west of his seemingly hesitant kin. The goblin charges at you, and less than ten, less than ten yards, the savage creature draws a hand axe and hurls the deadly bone-bladed weapon at you with unnerving accuracy. Got some options: dodge, telekinesis, or fortification. Eh, telekinesis. It succeeded. Eight XP to telekinesis. Calling upon your power, telekinesis, you project a powerful blast of energy at the hurled axe, easily alter its course. Sending the deadly weapon of bone several feet to your right, which elicits, a, which elicits an ang- angry snarl from your rapidly approaching foe. The goblin warrior is quickly upon you, hacking you through viciously with a large bone axe. A larger, wo- larger bone axe than the one he held at you. It's a Nanowak warrior. Hacks at you with his axe. I stab with my stabby, and it is slain. 5 XP to weaponry. The axe-wielding Nanowark warrior lies dead at your feet. You step back from the blood remains of your foe and watch as the four soldiers pursue the remaining goblins as they flee into the woods at the edge of the road, just before entering the forest themselves. The goblin... Just before entering the forest themselves, the soldiers turn back and immediately greet you with smiles and words of praise and gratitude. Well... I've made a good first impression. You're a timely arrival to be sure, he says, as one of the four soldiers. Says one of the four soldiers as he strides up and meets you in a shoulder cross. These Nanowak came upon us out of the trees just east of the road. We normally don't travel in such a small group. But then, we don't normally worry about the enemy so far inside the hold. The soldiers ask what regiment you're with, and when you tell them you're newly arrived on the island and in search of work, they seem confident and easily win a favour among the various commanders. As skilled as you've proved yourself to be, you'll have no trouble getting to any of the outfits up at the keep, says another soldier. Come on. Come on then, so what's your... One of the soldiers suddenly cries out and points along the road to the north. Your eyes follow his finger and come to west the sinister figure of a rose goblin stepping out of the woods at the edge of the road. A tall bone staff is clutched in 
the goblin's clawed hand. A shaman, cries one of the soldiers. Take cover, before you can react. The Nanamok shaman levels his staff of carved bone and fire with you. A sense of dread comes over you. You realise you must act quickly if you prevent this creature from employing its foul magic. Got some options. I've got archery, telekinesis, fortification. I could use destruction if it was at level 70 or above. But it isn't, so I can't. Or I could just charge at it. I'm going to use fortification. It succeeded. 16 XP to fortification. You call upon your power of fortification, and in answer to your summons, a shimmering field of blue sparkles appears before you, wide enough to shield yourself and the four soldiers. Apparently sensing his banwa, being outmatched, the goblin shaman shrieks with rage and lowers his staff. The shaman, his blood-painted face contorted into a hideous sneer, turns and dashes off in, into the trees on the eastern edge of the road, and is soon lost in the thick foliage. You're about to start after him. Soldiers are quick to warn you against it. Never follow one of the Nadarok into the forest, he says. They are masters of, of ambush, and their woodlands are their domain. They see we're not easy play, and won't likely attempt us again. You comment on the bone staff the shaman was wielding, and one of the soldiers warns you against ever touching wound or bone nanowak weapons. Those items of gut cursed and a ghastly face before as any would knowingly take possession of one, he says with conviction. Do you wonder if perhaps the warning is grounded in a suspicion as opposed to fact? Yeah. I'll just leave them off to be sure, because uh, I don't want to try to sell these on the mainland and blow my cover. After helping the soldiers remove the bodies of the slain goblin off to the side of the road, you trek along the road, trek along with the four men as they make their way north to the keep. You introduce yourself as a regular dude, and the men seem to think your next move should be meet up with Thakir, the commander who is overseeing the rebuilding of the keep and the training of its forces, a man who answers directly to Thane Mazabak. You also learn that the soldiers were on a routine patrol of the road when they ran into a goblin ambush, a rare occurrence so far within the human-controlled corner of the island known as the Hold. They tell you that a regiment of cavalry normally guards the wagons that run this road, from where, sh- from where the ships moor, on the southeast coast, to where the keep sits, nestled in the rolling hills of the Hold. She pass over the back of a steam wise. The voices of the soldiers seem to drain away as your eyes fall upon an astounding sight, spreading out in all directions at the foot of the slope. Rising, rising out of the broad hollow below, strandled between an imposing barrier of steep forested hills, is the once mighty but still imposing structure of Sangard Keep. Much of the keep upkeeps formidable outer wall, and many of its buildings lie in ruin. But all indications are a massive rebuilding effort is underway. Hundreds of craftsmen, artisans and labourers are hard at work, toiling to restore the proud fortress to its former glory. 
There's enough force of the keep to make up half the king's army, says one of the soldiers, mentioning to the sea of tents that peer out of the hills surrounding the keep. Bringing more and more men all the time to rebuild it. I don't think it'll be long before the old keep is a citadel fit for a king. A lone flag flutters atop the highest of the keep's intact battlements, and you're strangely heartened to note that it is the Tyson flag. Well, admittedly, if you were doing treason, you wouldn't announce it until it's too late. Next to the keep is a large square, boarded, boarded by a tall fence. Soldiers with you explain this is the training yard, where the soldiers stationed in Sarnguard hone their skills in battle. Hone their skills to battle the savage creatures that dominate the lands beyond the hold. No one we know has been out of the hold, says one of the soldiers, as you resume your trek. You trek along the road that leads through the hills and up to the keep. I'm not sure we have any intention of pre- at all of pressing any further into the island myself. It suits me. Hmm, odd. Odd. I mean, if it was looking for treasure, they would be trying to claim as much territory as possible, wouldn't they? Although maybe they're just focusing on getting the fortress built first. Because, I mean, you've got to have a strong, strong point of fortification, you know, so you can retreat to it if, you know, you accidentally summon a horde. The road flattens out as it approaches the remains of the keep's outer wall, and you find yourself unable to tear your eyes away from the rolling hills that stretch out towards taller, darker slopes at the edge of your sight to the north. You somehow doubt your adventures on Sarnguard will end at the borders of the hold. As you pass through the outer wall, the road divides, and the soldier who has been travelling have returned off, preparing to report and to relate to superiors news of the goblin ambush on the road south of the keep. You might find to the commanders in the keep, or in the training yard, says one of the soldiers as they part. You're your real debt, regular dude, don't fret. You'll get high praise in our report. He waves the soldiers and then set out, determining where to seek Tharkar. So training yard or keep, use divination first. Succeeded. You sense that Tharko is in the training guard. You're also struck by the eerie feeling of being watched. So I'll investigate the keep first. You make your way up to the main outer to the main outer building of the keep and stop just before the heavy and ornate iron gates that appear to be newly set into place. An unsaven shoulder unshaven soldier steps out from the shadows beneath the high arc of the hollow houses the gates, and greets you with a friendly nod. He then curtly asks you who your commander is and what business you have within the keep. In the process of attempting to explain yourself to the guard, when suddenly a chorus of terrified shrieks wing out from the people on all sides of you, turn your eyes to the sky, you stare in horror as a massive block of stone plummeting you from atop the high wall for only a split second to avoid death. Alright, I've got options. Fortification or elementalism. If I had shadow, if I knew what shadow magic was and it was above 60, I could use it. If telekinesis was above 70, I could use it, but I don't, so I can't. 
or just dive clear. I'm going to use elementalism. It succeeded. 16 XP to elementalism. A roaring gust of air signals the arrival of a powerful air elemental and answers your summons. The mighty air elemental, visible to everyone, including you, managed to alter the course of the plummeting stone slab and the weighty piece of rock slams into the earth just to your right instead of landing directly on you. 16 XP to general. A large crowd gathers to gaze upon the massive slag of stone now lying in front of the gates leading to the keep's main building. A thin crap running along the top of the weighty runs along the top of the weighty stone, realised beyond any doubt that being caught beneath the rock would have meant instant death. Two guards, cursing about the carelessness of the labourers on the high tower, extends from the top of the building under which you stand, stride off to investigate the unsettling incident, promising to thrash the culprits responsible for the incident. When they're gone, the carders begin to disperse. You ask the guard, who originally questioned you where you might find Thrakir. Commander's down at the training yard, just over there, says the guard, whose hands are still with visibly trembling in wake of the incident. You thank him and start for the yard, taking care to give the outer walls a wide berth as you go. Hmm, was that just a coincidence? Or was it a murder attempt? A jagged wooden fence surrounds the broad square of dirt and mud that temporarily serves as the training yard for the soldiers stationed in and around the keep. Dozens of soldiers are hard at work within the confines of the terrace confines of the fence, practicing with their weapons and learning the manoeuvres and battle strategies they hope will lead them to victory over the numerous and savage enemies of man that stalk the island. A young soldier, his forearm wrapped in bloody cloth, points, points you to a grey-haired man in a scarred leather doublet the far end of the yard, tells you that he's Fakir. The commander of the forces gathered at some guard keep. Wasting no time, you stride up to the man identified as Fakir and promptly introduce yourself as regular dude. And after bowing courteously, you offer him your services. Fakir studies you carefully for a moment and then says that you're always looking for bold and capable men and women to swell his ramps. Though he adds that any seeking to come to this service must be able to prove themselves. Shouldn't take but a moment, regular dude, he says, calling over two soldiers toiling to set a wooden post into the ground. As the soldiers approach their commander, you suddenly recognise one of them as one of the men you helped at the site of the goblin ambush only a short while ago. He smiles and she greets you by name, which seems to take Thakir by surprise. By surprise. The soldier relates to Thakir your role in turning back the goblin attack that nearly claimed him and his companions on the road south of the keep. The grey-haired commander nods upon completion of his command and demisses the soldier, thanking for his testimony. Then you've already been tested, and proving yourself beyond any doubts I would have, he says, smiling. You may consider yourself under my command, and I bid welcome to one whose courage and skill seems to have already spoken for themselves. Thakir tells you there is no end to what must be done to secure the island for the crown, and once matters about that keep of his sword, about the keeper have been sorted out, he will have an endless disc of tasks perfectly suited for one of your apparent ability. The 
Panda was just beginning to give you a few details regarding Endeavour as planned, that would likely suit you, when you suddenly become aware of a lurking presence just behind you to your left. You turn and find yourself facing a thin, sour-faced man garbled in dust, a dirt-covered leather tunic. Based solely on the unpleasant look of the man, expect at once he is Luracan, the one that Ilor warned you about. He smiles and nods, but the attempt at friendly greeting seems forced. Tharakir confirms your suspicions and introduces the man standing before you as Luracan, the thin, slight man, his sunken eyes and high cheekbones, and a certain ghoulishness to his already emancipated appearance bows deeply. The commander explains that you have come to offer him your ser- services. Luracan grins. Yes. Brave indeed, he says, leering at you. Regular dude, is it? I wonder. Well met, all the same. How came you to the island? By boat? Wasn't on one of those wretched mercenary ships, was it? You're not allied to any particular regiment, that is plain. Just a brave soul, seeking adventure. Yes, I'm sure I'll find out all about you, regular, regular dude. The man's direct, unfriendly manner catches his regard, even after Arlo's warning. Fargo is quick to reprimand him, however. Demands he apologises you for his harsh and necessary insinuations. I meant no harm, he says, before bowing before you. Labouring to clean up what will soon be my private study is sour my mood. I ought to be more mindful of the sting of my tongue. I welcome you to our little island, regular dude. The apparent insincerity of his apology, however, does little to improve your impression of him. As he turns to leave, to asking once more for your forgiveness, slightly more sincerity, your eyes are drawn to his leather boots. The bottom of each boot is charred. Ooh, so he's the guy who used the fiery teleport in Nixville. Alright, so... He's... He's engaged with... Something is going on there. The man has want of manners and a guard on his tongue, says Thakir, scouting as he watches through a car and parts. I can tell you, though, as I've long known him, although he's lacking a good many graces, he's a man I would trust without question. As you see, the power of perception. He claims only to dabble in magic. I believe it's that ability that often gets the better of his tongue. Despite Farko's words on behalf of Lucan, he maintained a sour, unsettled feeling about him. He can't help but wonder just how much he managed to perceive. If you stay on, I've no doubt that you'll come to know his friends as commander. Must say that. Tharkir pauses in mid-sentence. Distant tolling of a bell roars out of the hills north and west. The haunting clamour is echoed by three bells from somewhere high within the keep's commented towers. About to ask Thakir the meaning of the bells, when a regiment of cavalry thunders past, past in the distance, heading north along the rugged road that leads further into the hills beyond the keep. They're headed to the outer markets, he says, the commander, noting your interest in swiftly departing horses. The bell is the alarm. The enemy has been sighted nearing the hold. Thakir tells you the markers are a broad line of stone columns that mark the edge of the hold, a 
and the beginning of those portions of the island afforded little protection from the forces gathered at the keep. Desire to go with them, do we not? Yes, smiling. I'm afraid it's a rather worth introduction to your endeavour. You find yourself in, in the midst of it. You will have the chance to prove yourself ready to do But for now, have yourself a look around this place. There is time yet for all that we'll have to get done. You're about to ask Thacker more about the markers when he suddenly speaks again. Again, thank you for placing yourself in my service, he says. Though I wish you to understand you are free to come and go as you please. I've no liking for mercenaries. Particularly the unreliable sorts of Thane Porran seems fit to toss our ways. But of a woman of free will who offers her hands to the cause, it's much to my liking. But wait, a man of free will. And deserving of better than rigid orders or a work detail. Besides, we have mercenaries for that. Thoracle turns to the north and waves his hand at the line of distant hills at the horizon. Out there is the enemy, regular duty says. And they are no more fierce or determined than every other. Mysterious and savage though they may be. This fight can be won. If we keep strong our faith and let not our courage falter. I judge that you lack neither of those qualities. Although admittedly it's the enemy out there. Not that worried about it. I'm used to that sort of stuff. But it's the enemies within the hold. A lot more concerned about those. You meet Tharka in a shoulder cross and bid him farewell, promising to return soon and avail him of your skills for any task that, that he might, might deem suitable. He again thanks you, tells you that you're sure to find no end of adventure on, on this island, especially under his direction. Following your departure from Tharka, you wander bound the keep, inside and out, and find yourself marvelling at the grand scope of the reconstruction that seems destined to turn the dilapidated fortress into a citadel that would suit even the most jaded lord. You've just stepped out of the broad passage of the keep's main hall, and you suddenly find yourself face to face with Luakin. A slight man, the head with a narrow face, smiles and takes you aside as a large group of artisans move through the centre of the passage, wielding a heavy cart. I'm glad I found you at last, he says. His tone much friendlier than it was just over an hour ago in the training yard. I'd hope to apologise to you for the woo greeting you were given at our first meeting. My weariness sometimes get the be gets the better of my tongue. I hope you will find yourself able to forgive anything I might have said that came across as unfriendly. I would truly like to consider you a friend. With no desire to arouse suspicions of a man about about whom you still harbour many doubts, you cordially accept his apology and tell him he need not think any more of the matter. Thakir might have told you, he said, searching your face with his eyes, that I am gifted with the power of perspection. I will tell you, regular dude. The commander already thinks quite highly of you, and I also sense you are eager to prove yourself here. Fear not, for as this adventure you came here seeking... You are likely to see no end of it while you remain ashore. Thurakon again apologises and tells you, should you ever need anything, seek him out. Till the next, he says, bowing quickly before swiftly departing along the passage. You spend the remainder of the afternoon, 
wandering around the grounds of Songard Keep, fibrillizing yourself with the new, new, newfound surroundings while attempting to keep a low profile. As late afternoon gives way to dusk, you decide it's now best to return to the same part and tell him what you have learned, to report that you have now placed yourself in Thakir's service, as he suggested. Under the cover of the glavering doom, you depart from the keep and move stealthily south through the hills, wisely avoiding the world, making your way back to the hidden to the hidden cave in the south woods. Finding the cave again proves to be no easy task. In the fading light of day, the shadows cast by the trees turn the forest into a tangled, nightmarish labyrinth. After a lengthy search, you breathe a sigh of relief when you stumble upon that which you seek. After taking a few moments to make certain you haven't been followed, you slip into the cave and move swiftly towards the back, following the low hum of the swirling portal. With no reason to linger, you're about to step into the portal, and you suddenly spot something odd on the wall of the cave to your left. There, etched onto the stone, presumably via another stone, is the letter U. You certainly was not there when you wired through the portal. You were left to summarise it appeared in the short while you've been absent. After studying the U for several seconds, uh, and unsuccessfully searching the west of the chamber for more markings, you turn and step into the portal. U. I'm guessing that stands for Uriel. The void for which you have been tumbling promptly vanishes and you find yourself once again in the lonely womb nestled in the bowel of the twinned keep. Behind you, hovering against the wall, is the swirling portal from which you just emerged. The wing of disguise is no longer altering your appearance. Happy to once again be back in the familiar place. And strangely pleased to return to, to an empty womb, having considered the parting words of our law. You steal out of the chamber, softly closing the door behind you, and proceed at once to Thane Pond's private chambers. The Thane seems surprised and pleased to see you, quickly ushers you into his chamber, taking care to shut and lock the door behind you. Seated before the fire in his private chamber, you tell the Thane all that transpired on Sangard Island, leaving out, out only a few of the details, which, you, which, for now, you wish to keep to yourself. When you mention that Ilor was on his way back to Mainland, but he had no intention of returning through the couple portal, Thane Pond found. Everyone trusting, he says, shaking his head. Any who knew of Ilor's past would think that it was I who had caused not to trust him. He's been a faithful ally in this there, and others, but I'm not there to tell you that he was the prime reason the magic in this wing of disguise was crafted to only function on the island. You may glean from that many things, Sir Crowton, but I'm not elaborate on such matters now. A sudden, light whapping at the door causes the thane to drown again. He begs your pardon for wising moving over to answer the knock. Moves up to the door, and your eyes wander to the warm, reassuring glow emanating from the broad hearth only a hearth only a few me few feet from where you sit. You're just about to turn and see if you can catch a glimpse of who is here seeking a thing this hour, when a sudden sound of splintering wood shatters the silence, snaps you out snaps your head in the direction of the door. The door flies inward, striking the fane with a tremendous force. 
said you, toppling back onto the floor. You leaped to your feet, prepared to rush to the aid of Trithic's overlord, as a familiar and unwelcome figure strides into the chamber and steps towards the thane. It is the masked, blue-caped man whose band assailed you on the streets of, streets of Trithic. Ooh. You're within only a few feet of the thane when he suddenly charge, leaps to his feet and steps forward to meet his assailant's charge. He ducks under the stripe of the masked man's broadsword and counters by slamming his fist into the side of the stranger's head. The masked man staggers backwards, apparently stunned by the severity of the blow. But as he stumbles back into the wall to the left of the door, he thrusts out his hand and sends a bolt of crimson flame hurtling through the air. The bolt of flame streaks across the chamber towards both you and the thane, and the two of you leap nimbly back, narrowly avoiding the blast of fire. Thanepolin draws his sword, and is about to dart, about to charge the masked man, when your enemy again thrusts out his hand in your direction, and a second bolt of flame, longer and wider than the first, explodes from the tips of his fingers. The deadly magical flame shoots across, across the room towards you and the thane. Okay, I can use... So I can use an item, that's the sh a shield in this case. Use fortification, telekinesis, archery. If I had shadow magic, I could use that, whatever it is. And it's all I could just dodge. Well, dodging won't help the thane, so it's got to be uh, telekinesis. Succeeded. 16 XP to telekinesis. Calling upon your master of telekinesis, you project a powerful mental force at the bolt of flame and manage, manage to veer it off course. The deadly blast, strike, blast of fire strikes the wall to your white and explodes, showing the chamber with tiny glowing symbols, but ultimately leaves both you and the thane unharmed. The masked man retreats to the doorway and slips out into the corridor. Thane Thorne, brandishing his sword, rushes into the hall with you. Closely following his heels, the passage outside the overlord's chamber is em empty. There's no trace of your assailant in either direction along the silent corridor. Couldn't have hoped to reach the end before now, says the thane, turning to you, his eyes wide with assignment. Though I suppose that shouldn't startle me. Simply the blast of fire that nearly claimed us. The commotion has attracted four guards from the adjoining horns, and upon your arrival, your thane immediately dispatches them to raise the lark. Raise, to raise the alarm and search to keep for any sign of the masked man. The guards are gone. Thane quickly examines the, the door to his chamber. Then steps back inside, beckoning for you to follow. Much to your surprise, Thane Poland seems only slightly shaken by the brief but violent encounter. He realises he's a man hardly foreign to combat. You have seen all manner of things, both strange and terrible, in his words of his short life. He sighs, shakes his head. You have nerves of steel, Sir Quentin, he says. Afraid I have shown, shown you just how badly the that last few years have dulled my instincts. Would have liked to have another go at that one. I surely would. Despite the memories of your last encounter with... With the blue cake man still playing in your mind, you decide not to mention the previous incident to the fame. 
matter unconnected with our return to the Isle, he says, raising an eyebrow. I hardly think, think, it, think it likely. We must now be ever on our guard, for it seems to me we have a common enemy in this, but it's a fair. I have many enemies, Sir Croyson. This is no secret. For only one enemy capable of the likes, likes of that which just transpired here. He also wears a mask. He's referring to Thane Mazabak. Thane Poren tells you that he holds out little hope that his men will find the mass in it. A man upon, a man who calls upon magic like that, is only found by his own choosing, he says. But I think we have seen the last of him for tonight. But tomorrow is swiftly on its way. You again recount all you learn of the Sangard. All you're willing to impart to the Thane. He thanks you for the diligence to which you thus far pursued the mission. Return to me in a few days, he says, as you prepare to depart. Perhaps then all will be set, set for you to return to the Isle and throw your full effort into the task. Just need a small bit of time to sort out those these developments. Bid the Thane farewell and make your way out of this chamber and out of the keep. Dusk is turning turning to dark as you step onto the streets of Twithy, and once again you find yourself leaving the company of Thane Poet with confusion and worry wearing heavily on your mind. As you, move, as you move through the darkening streets, your thoughts return time and again to the masked, blue-caped man who has twice sought to end your life, and most recently that of the Thane as well. If you can't quite, quite place your finger on it, something about him is eerily familiar. And that is the end of this adventure. Tucson Guard with 512 experience to general. And that unlocks the mission begins. But that will be for the next episode. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. As the new year unfolds, make it a year of comfort and indulgence with Minky Couture. Wrap yourself in the lap of luxury with our exquisite blankets. Picture the cozy moments, the warmth of our premium materials, and the stylish designs that define Minky Couture. Welcome the new year with the ultimate in comfort and sophistication. January is your month to embrace luxury. Visit MinkyCouture.com or your nearest store today. Elevate your comfort, elevate your style with Minky Couture. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.